Hey, everybody. Why don't you stand to your feet? This is what I, hey, man, what's up, brother? This is what I feel like tonight. I feel like, wow. Wow. I'm at the heart. I'm with the family at church, and I'm so excited to see everyone here. Anybody else feel that way? Yes. We're going to open in prayer. We have a, a, a beautiful, brilliant guest speaker with us tonight, Nathan Finocchio. And we are going to pray for the university that he founded, Theos U. And I want you to join with me to pray a, a blessing over them. They're from Tennessee. So if we can turn to the east and just lift up, let's lift them up right now. Come on, lift up. Just if you would extend your hand and mostly extend your heart and your faith and your love. Let's, let's pray for this ministry. Father, we thank you so much for Nathan, his wife, Jasmine. We ask God that you would pour out your grace upon Theosu. Father, all the classes, like never before, our culture needs the truth. And so, Lord, we lift them up to you, God. Every speaker, every teacher, Father, all the, the finances, all the students. Father, we lift up Nathan and his brother. God, we just pray the blessing of the Lord over Theosu tonight. Father, pour out your grace upon them in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Do you all believe that God has something to say to you tonight? We didn't come here without knowing that God has something to say to us tonight. And so I want you to stretch your hand out to each other. Hold hands if you're comfortable with that. And I want us to pray this way for each other, a specific way. That Colossians 1 talks about being filled with wisdom and having spiritual understanding. And I feel like there's an impartation for us tonight that we would not just be typical Christians, but we would have deep conversations with people, knowing the Word of God and being confident of the hope that's inside of us. So let's pray that way for each other. Pray to the person, for the person on your left and right. God, we do pray for that. We pray tonight there would be a special impartation, Lord, from a person, God, Nathan Finocchio, but somebody who has studied the Word, God, and you given him understanding and spiritual insight into your word. And we pray for an opening of our eyes, an opening of our ears, a willingness in our heart, God, to have an impartation of your word. Father, that there would be a boldness that would be imparted tonight, God, and a new anointing to share your wonderful gospel with the people around us, Father. We pray that you would speak specifically to the person on our left and on our right. We pray specifically for situations that they are already encountering with people that oppose the faith. And we ask that you would give them revelation knowledge tonight to have those conversations. And we believe as a community at the heart that we're going to get to see many, many people come into the kingdom of God. We believe it and we say together in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can all be seated. Thank you for coming to church on a sunny day in Coeur d'Alene. So good to have you all here. I wanted to take just a moment and welcome some very special people. And that's those of you who might be visiting Heart of the City Church for the very first time. Would you raise your hands up real high? We have ushers and leaders making their way. Hello, hello. We, look at them jumping over the chairs to get to you. We're so happy you're here. 
Come on, we got more back here. We have people rushing to you. Honestly, we are so excited. You picked the right night to come to the heart. If you look in the seat in front of you, there's a blue and white card. It's a connect card. We'd love to have you fill that out. We want to know more about you. We want, don't want this to be the only experience you have at Heart of the City Church. Go ahead and fill that out. We're going to give you a call this week. We're going to pray for you. So please write down if you have a prayer request. And there are places that you can put that uh, card up here. There's receptacles. There's some by the door. Or you can give it to any of the ushers by the door. Um, we are just delighted to have you with us. We wanted to let you know it's not just weekend gatherings at the heart. We are like a 24-7 church here. We have small groups during the week. We believe that we find freedom by the Spirit inside of us and the, and the people around us. And so we want to invite you to be a part of our small groups. You can look on our website and find there's amazing small groups that are meeting this summer. And finally, we have what we call Growth Track. It's happening start tomorrow at 909 in our second building. And that's where you can, we believe that each one of you has a unique design and we want to help you discover your purpose and then find how you fit at the church and your, that gift and calling that's going to really bless and build the church. So um, we'd love to have you sign up for that 909 tomorrow morning in building two. I'm going to ask Heart of the City Church family, would you stand and give our guests such a warm welcome? Okay, I want to invite you to check out the screens and find out what's happening at the heart this weekend. Hi, Heart of the City Church. I'm Jason. And I'm Chantel. And this week's video announcements are coming from our heart to yours. Here at Heart of the City Church, we're a people after God's own heart. One of the things we exist to do is to know God. We are so excited. In the month of May, 36 people said yes to Jesus. Come on. We just want to say if that's you, welcome to our family. That's yes. the best decision you've ever made. And now it's time for our Kids Men update. Rosie, where are you? Uh -uh. Kids Camp Volunteers? Yeah, 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 that's right, Kids Camp Volunteers. Hey guys, we need your help. We have a deep sea mission planned June 13th through June 16th, but we need some leaders to come and help. So if you wouldn't mind jumping on theheartcda.com under the events tab right now and sign up to help these kids grow in their mission for God. We are so excited. We are kicking off our first summer prayer night this Tuesday, June 6th at 6 p.m. We're gonna meet outside in the parking lot on the east side at the cross, weather permitting. We are also excited to announce that Sugar Shack's gonna be giving away free ice cream cones afterwards. If you need childcare, it is limited, so please hop on the website and register today. Thanks guys, can't wait to see you there. Yes. Our next Freedom Night is coming up soon, Saturday, June 17th, 6.06 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. We would love to have you come yeah. and worship and seek God with us. As a reminder, there's no kids ministry that night, but we definitely want your kids to come into yes. the sanctuary and worship with us. So join us as we seek God. Here at Heart of the City Church, we love our guests. So whether it's your first time joining us in person or online, we just wanna say thank you and let you know that you are welcome here. Yes, and here at Heart of the City Church, we are passionate about getting 
the word out. So if you wouldn't mind jumping on Facebook or YouTube and sharing the live link, you don't know who you might reach. That's right. That's it for this week's video announcements. I do want to remind you that we do have communion available on the side of the stage if you would like to participate during worship. Can you please stand with us? As we go into musical worship, there's another aspect of worship that we hold dear to our heart, and that's honoring God with our tithes and offerings. We have one main reason at the heart, the reason why we give. We give because we, if you're, if you're a guest for the very first time, understand the reason why we give. We give because we love. John 3:16. for God so that he, he gave. We do believe in the principle of tithe. I tell you, to me, there's a difference between principle and law. The law is that you have to. The principle is that you get to. And we honor God with our first fruits. But never, ever, if you ever feel manipulated at the heart, guess what? Keep your money. Keep it. Because we give because we love. We love God. We love the commission. We love missions, we love our city, we love people, and we want to honor God with our giving. Amen? So even as we begin to worship, there's buckets all over. You'll, there'll be a place that you can give online or what have you. God bless you as you worship and give.
snacks in there.
Hey everyone, we're about to go into a new song called Enough, and we'd like to take a moment to just introduce you to how that song came to be. Yeah, so the verse is the whole idea that I've been meditating on Revelations chapter 4, and the idea of the living creatures and how they were covered with eyes and getting all these chances to look at God and all these different angles and that the response over and over again was holy, 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 holy. So it came from that passage of scripture. Yeah, that refrain, holy, 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 actually came from uh, some open worship in a time of another song uh, where we just started singing holy, 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 and uh, and it kind of made its way into this song. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a really beautiful combination of couple different songs there but uh, we'd like to invite you to uh, I mean you may have heard this song before we've kind of done it a few times so it may be familiar to you so uh, hopefully you're able to pick it up real quick and uh, would you enter into worship with us Join the chorus with a thousand voices. 
Revelations 4, 8 through 11. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him and live who lives forevermore forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy O lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created holy holy you sing that holy 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 jesus tell him tonight holy 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 thank you that you're love and we thank you that you're holy we worship you tonight thank you for your presence Holy Spirit where two or more are gathered you're here even as we lift you up you dwell you inhabit the praises of your people father I'm, I'm praying that you bless and speak and change hearts tonight renew minds save heal and deliver do all that you do let your kingdom come your will be done in Jesus' name would you put your hands together for the holy one of israel would you join with me in thanking the worship team tonight then they do such a beautiful job ushering us into the presence of God. Yeah. You may be seated. Hey, it's so, so awesome to have you here tonight. I have the honor to in, introduce to you our, our guest speaker. Radine and I got to hang out with him today a couple of hours eating sushi and changing stories and just felt like I got a man crush on him. You know, just like, he's like part family, huh, Radine? Just like little brother. And so he's the, the founder of Theos U, and I just took a class under them, and it's just mind-blowing. Uh, he's married to Jasmine, which we hope 
today we said the next time you come, you got to bring your wife and your golf clubs. In that order, amen. And so I just want to encourage you to open your heart, your mind. We're starting a new series tonight, and we planned this for a while. And it says, hey, man, we want to bring Nathan Finocchio in to begin this series on deconstruction. Well, you may not know what that word is. It could be a negative word, or it could be not so negative, and you're going to realize what it is, at least where we're coming from, you will. But right now, I would love it if you would stand to your feet and give Nathan Finocchio a Heart of the City Church welcome tonight. All right, cool. It is, it's good to be man-crushed on. <laughs> so, um, this is funny. So, I, um, Pastor, I'm going to get you back for a second. So, um, so at lunch, he told me, so at MFI, I, I spoke at, uh, at MFI, our regional or our annual thing or whatever last year. And um, you told me that when you saw me at MFI, you didn't know who I was and you thought I was a homeless person <laughs> that had come in, <laughs> had come into the pastor's conference. And that's fair. So 17 years ago, I'm a PDC student, and, you, and it was your going away. It was your sending out service. Um, and I'm 23 years old, and I don't know a thing about anything, you know. Um, but I knew this, that planting churches is for morons. <laughs> right? Like, you, you have to be... Stupid enough to plant a church. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, because I, I saw my dad do it. You know what I mean? Like, so I watched firsthand my family, like what we went through. We, my dad planted a church, and my family lived in the church building for like three or four years. It was awful. <laughs> you know, like I built a like it, it cost our family. So I know what it costs. You know, a family, and um, and I just thought to myself, like this dude will never be heard of again. You know, like, it's like, he's going, where? Court of what? You know what I mean? Like, and so I'm like, I remember thinking that to myself. I'm like, he's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what I've always, I've always thought that anybody who, to this day, it's like, you should, you should talk church planters out of it. And if they can't be talking about it, maybe God's in it, you know, like, um, but it's like, you sure? You know, have you tried selling used cars? You know, like. Tupperware, you could sell it door to door. I hear it's, it's a thing, you know, like, and, and here you guys are, and this church is just, it's amazing what you guys have built. And so I just wanted to honor you and just say, wow, I'm just in, in, amazed at what God is doing, and I do believe that the best is yet to come for Heart of the City Church. You guys are just scratching the surface. Of everything that God is doing, and and you know you're a soul-winning church. I'm just looking around, and and, and and talking to people and hearing their stories, and I'm going, oh God, we need, we desperately need more churches like this, where people get saved but they become disciples. Um, it's just so unique, sadly. Um, so okay, enough about that. So um, look. Um, 
there's a message that is kind of like a, it's a life message for me. And seeing as it's my first time here, I just kind of wanted to share that with you. It's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I think that it'll dovetail into um, in, into the, the series on deconstruction. Um, so this 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 sermon tonight is sort of like why even go to church, which I think is part of it's one of the questions that people who are deconstructing their faith, you know, kind of like taking their faith apart um, and reexamining it, and, and, and sometimes deconstruction can mean just a lot of cynicism um, about scripture, cynicism about the church. And it's really easy to be cynical about anything actually at the moment because we have so much information, um, you know, about things that are going on in the world. Um, I mean, if you watch the news, you'd never fly in an airplane again. You'd think that they were dropping out of the sky. Well, they're not. It's safe to travel. Do you know what I mean? But if you just, if you just, watched everything that happens on the news, you'd be like, oh, flying is dangerous. Well, I flew here, and I'm still in one piece. Um, you hear me, you know? It's like, if, if, you just heard, if you just read all the Christian gossip, you'd think that churches are these horrible places, but the, the, the reality is, is that they're really great places. Um, um, so, so uh, but, you know, obviously, we, there's plane crashes, and there's church crashes. Um, those happen, and... But um, I, I kind of want to talk about, uh, you know, I'm a church boy. My dad's an MFI pastor. Um, he's a, I, I, I've, all I know is church my, my whole life. I tried to run away from it. Jesus destroyed that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just as much in shock. If you're wondering, what is this homeless looking dude doing? I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I tried other things and this just sucks me back in. Um, so here I am. I run a Bible school. It's insane. Why nobody should that looks like me should be running a Bible school, um, but I do. And, I, and, I, and I, I write books and I travel and I speak at churches. It's weird, and um, I still dress for the job that I want, um, which is no job. Just living on a beach. In California, and listening to, to Jim Morrison, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, why church? And I think it's a good question to ask, particularly coming out of every, you know, the COVID and, and all that. And I think that people started to ask. It was sort of like an existential question of why do we even go, you know? And then, and then it's turned into a, a crisis of faith, but. That's what I want to, that's, the, that's what I, a question that I want to answer tonight, if that's all right. So that's where we're going to go, okay? Okay. So I've been married to Jasmine. She's Australian, which means she uh, speaks English with a speech impediment. Um, and she is, um, honestly, if, if I held a, I'm going to get a little closer to you. If we held a gun to her head, she could not pronounce an R if, if her life depended on it. Um, so... Um, so Jazzy, um, I'm getting to know Jazz. We've been married for 10 years, the, the, which is pretty cool. Well, 10 years in September coming up, so fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> so I, I was reading somewhere that the, uh, the, the national average, I actually looked it up. If you look it up in the United States, the, the, the average year of divorce is year seven. So we're, we're in year 10. 
which is good. Um, but, you know, like, it's crazy, year seven, the seven-year itch, they call it. And it's like, it's not, I think, so much about, you know, oh, I've been with the same person for seven years, and I want to try something else. It's, you've been living with another human being for seven years, and they're driving you freaking crazy. And I think what, is, what drives you crazy with that person is you begin to uncover when you're living with somebody that long how much, like, you don't know that person. And, and, and so and around, somewhere around year seven, you wake up and you're like, who are you? Like, who did I marry? And that's sort of where Jazzy and I have been living, if I'm going to be honest with you. We've been in the, like, who are you? You, you know, you were not, you, you said that you were like that, but you are like this. You know what I mean? Like, because dating is all lies. <laughs> right? It's like going for a job interview that you really need. And like, you've totally fabricated everything. <laughs> like, I really need this job. Okay, what's your background? Yeah, oh, 20 years in the biz. Really? Education? Yeah, I'm a PhD. You know, like, yeah, I'm a brain surgeon. You know, like. Um, you know, you seem a little overqualified, sir. This is a McDonald's, you know. Um, <laughs> so that, so there's, there's that. And, and, then, and then there's this, I think that there's this other thing where we sort of willingly allow ourselves to be deceived. And, and we project onto each other the idealized spouse. Like we literally talk ourselves into liking a person but even when the right like have you ever seen those memes where like the red flags are all over people like the red flag memes you know what i mean like if he's a yankees fan red flag you know what i mean stuff like that so it's like it's it so in year seven you know like she's like who are you you know like you don't like my spaghetti it's like no i i've kind of not really liked your spaghetti for seven. i was just being polite but it was it's my known as secret recipe i could never marry a good man who didn't like my known as secret recipe well you married one. <laughs> you know I mean? and, it, it, and it took seven years for that to sort of sink in, for her to begin to see that. Are you hearing me? Because we, once again, we, we're, human beings are like these master manipulators, and we just hoodwink ourselves into stuff. So, so that's where Jazzy and I are. So now, at your, if, you, if you wake up and, you, and you're in that bed, and you're looking at each other like, who are you? Typically what people do is they go, I don't like the real you that I'm discovering. And I'm going to go and play this game with somebody else. Right? And just lie to myself. Oh, yeah, they're great. Usually the second one is not so good. <laughs> Statistically. Statistically, like the second marriage is like the shortest. And then there's a, if you're married to the second, I'm sorry. Um, and then the third, okay, well, maybe we'll stay. Anyways, it, it's just, it, it gets dicey. And in a Christian marriage, you know, it's kind of like, you, you know, you, you took this oath before God and you said, till death do us part, right? So I, until God takes her or, you know, you I kill her, you know, it's like, <laughs> she kills me. My, my wife would definitely be the one to kill me first. Um, so um, we have this decision to make and the decision is, is, is I'm, like, who are you? And so you have to get to know that person. And so I've been re-getting to know my wife. And that's... It's hard. So in marriage, they, all the, the, the professionals tell you that you're supposed to listen to one another. And it's this thing where you, they talk and then the sounds go in the ear. 
and then you have to think about it and 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 I need to get to know Jasmine, right? And I can't tell Jasmine who she is because Jasmine's a person and and right because if I, if I if I tell her who she is, then I'm just projecting onto her. So the only way for me to be in a real relationship with Jasmine is for her to reveal herself to me, right? And so I have so she has to tell me who she is and I have to listen to those things. And and in marriage, this is what the professionals tell you. You find out what they like and then you do what they like. Right? So right, you find out their love language, right? So for example, if their love language is a back massage, then you it's crazy, give them a back massage. Right? Check this one out. If their love language is spaghetti and meatballs, you're never going to guess it. You make them spaghetti and meatballs. It's insane, right? So, and so I've been, I'm learning to listen better. It, it's hard, but that's what I'm doing. So my wife, and, and I'll give you an example. This is one of the challenges in marriage. Uh, I'm Canadian. My wife is Australian. I thought that that would be closer. I thought that we would have, like, we're in, you know, we were formerly the Queen's penal colonies. You know what I mean? Like, we were the ice prison. You were the, the, the tropical prison. You know what I mean? Like, the horse thieves went to Australia and the murderers went to Canada or whatever, you know? I thought that we'd have more in common. Turns out we don't. I'll give you an example. So in bre- breakfast in Canada is like kind of like you get all the meats, right? So pork links, Canadian back bacon. If you've ever had it, you, you never go back. Stripped bacon, you get that as well. Um, and then you get the eggs, you know, sunny side up. Um, and, and you eat all the important things. And then the toast is on another plate because it's like, who are you, right? <laughs> and you take the toast and you wipe your face with the toast. <laughs> Right, and you throw it on the ground because toast is trash in Canada. <laughs> and if you're still hungry after eating the important stuff, you 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 put jam on it to mask the taste of toast. <laughs> right, and you eat it begrudgingly. Right, in Australia, toast is like the main entree. They have avocado toast. And right, and so I would never think to love my wife with trash. <laughs> she, Jazzy loves, she loves avocado toast. I've seen her pay like $32 for avocado toast. <laughs> Australian, which is probably like 15 bucks or whatever. But it's like, what's wrong with you, right? I'd never think to love you that way. See, because I want to love Jazzy my way. So, so I'm paying attention, right? So Jazzy likes sourdough. It's sour. It's not just like the, the trailer trash toast that I was raised on, right? Jazzy likes the sourdough. It's like artesian breads, right? So if you go to Trader Joe's, I get the sourdough, dude. And then uh, I've learned about avocados. I, I like you pick them up and you feel them, Right? <laughs> I've never, never in a million years would I ever touch an avocado, but now I, I touch them, right? Like, I pick them up, put your thumb in it, right? If your thumb goes all the way in, it's too ready. Right? If your thumb doesn't go in at all, it's not ready. Your thumb's kind of got to go in a little bit, right? And then it's like, it's, it's, it's a little bit ready, right? Um, 
And then, and then Jazzy, she wants like that pink Himalayan salt, right? From the Salt Bay type vibe. She doesn't want the trailer trash table salt I was raised on. And she wants, and, but first, before the salt, you got to drizzle it with olive oil and not the cheap olive oil that I would buy. She wants, you know, the, she wants the olives to be virgins. <laughs> From, and they got to be Italian, you know, like high quality producer, the tiny little bottle that's expensive. It's like, why are we doing this? You know, but that's what Jazzy likes. You hearing me? And I love Jasmine. I want to show her that I love her. I want to show her that I understand her, that I'm listening, that I, I get you. I want to love her the way, so that she feels understood and she feels seen. And that she, Okay, wow, you are in this relationship with me, right? Yeah. Now, would you agree with me that like, people have preferences and we don't necessarily understand people's preferences. Like some of them might be really, really weird, right? But people have preferences. Would you agree? Just people, yes. Right. People have preferences. God is a person. God is not an impersonal cosmic force. God is not a vibe. Contrary to what they tell you in Seattle. Right? God is a, God is a person. Our, our, our universe was designed by an intelligent being. We're not, we're, it's, this isn't an accident. This isn't a vibe. God is a person. And as a person, he's got preferences. This is, this is, this is the whole of Christianity here. When you're trying to wrap your head around why, why are Christians the way that they are? It's right here. God is a person. And he has preferences. And the plot thickens. You're in a relationship with him. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've been on Facebook or social media, you know, in the last couple of years, you might have seen, maybe, somebody that pits religion against relationship. And sometimes I like the points that they make. You know, because sometimes we have these negative connotations or associations with religion where it's all rules and it's legalistic, etc. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to... And that can be, you know, whatever. But sometimes the way that it's pitted is that I'm in a relationship with God. And what that means is I can do whatever I want. Right? So it's it's, it's a relationship. It's not a religion. So, you know, buckle up, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm driving. And we're going all, we're going to Denny's again, Lord. You know what I mean? And Jesus is like, I hate Denny's. He's like, you're going to like that. Right? You hearing me? Come on. You're in a a relationship. And by the way, you are the benefactor of that relationship. It kind of sucked for Jesus to be in a relationship with you. Right? He's like on the cross. He's like, thanks. This has been fun. Right? You you get everything, right? Jesus tasted the, the, the bitterness and the gall of life, and you get to taste the wine of life, right? Sins are forgiven. We're in a relationship with him. The God of the universe, are you kidding me? Mercy, favor. It's a, it's, a, it's a good deal. It's a good thing to be in relationship with God, right? So, so you should definitely be in relationship with Jesus, thousand percent. But the relationship works like this. He's a person. 
He has preferences. You got to find out what those preferences. How do you do that? The Bible. Of course there's a Bible because God is a person. And as a person, he has preferences. Of course he's going to like, hey, hi. Because that's what the Bible is. Hi, I'm God. What's up? This is me. Yeah, these are some things that I don't like. Of course, of course God would tell us that. Because God wants to be known truly. Right? I'm never going to know God exhaustively, but I can know him accurately. Just like I'm never going to know Jasmine. I can't know everything about Jazzy. My gosh. Right? She's got eternity in her heart. I, we'll be figuring Jasmine out for, for all of time. I think it was Oscar Wilde that said, women aren't made to be understood. They're made to be loved. You know, like, don't try to figure it out. Just get her the avocado toast. You hear me? Right, guys? You hear me? I'm not even, tr I'm, this is a, an enigma, right? Because the goals, I mean, I'm not even going to get into it. Nathan, no. Just save yourself now. I'm not even going to try to figure this out. I'm just, yes, dear. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And that's the thing with God. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to figure this one out. You've communicated who you are in scripture. Scripture is God's self-revelation. And you see, there's people that they want a relationship with God, but it's completely and totally on their terms. And then they project onto God who he is. He's like, oh, bro, I'm not. That's not me. I've said who I am, and this is where I've said who I am. So if you want to be in a relationship with me, it's on my terms. I'm sort of a king. I'm sort of a boss. <laughs> right? He, he, he's, like, we call him Lord. It's supposed to, like, give you, it's, a, it's like a tell. It's, a, it's like, I'm, I'm in charge. It's, you're not, right? Like, he's king. So then, the whole goal of Christian worship is to find out who God is, what he likes, and give him the avocado toast. That's Christian worship. You don't have a relationship with Jesus if you, you're not finding out who he is, finding out what he says about things, and then loving him the way that he wants to be loved. You, you're just in a relationship with yourself. Right? Well, I just, there's some things that Jesus said that I don't really like. Oh, that must, nobody cares. <laughs> Bro, there's some things that, that like, I don't like that I, that I have to do in my marriage. You hear me? Because it, 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 it is what it is, bro. Right? There's some things that I can't do in my relationship. You hearing me? <laughs> There's some rules in marriage. You know, what I've, you know what I've figured about a relationship is? It's, it's work. There's some rules. There's some boundaries. Well, you know, I like spirituality, but I don't like organization. Do you not like organization at all? Like, are you not into, like, organized hockey, organized <laughs> basketball? Is it just organization, really, that you don't like? Is that what it is? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I'm like a spiritual person, but I, I kind of, like, 
you're, you kind of, you're making it up is, is kind of, right? It's not a relationship with the God of the universe who's revealed himself in scripture. It's a relationship with whatever you like at that moment. Ultimately yourself. Christians find out who God is. Find out what he likes. Give him the avocado toast. Okay. All right. Let's look at some scripture. It's going to be really important. Okay, here we go. First scripture. First scripture. We got it. Abracadabra. Oh, there it is right there. Okay. Um, Psalm 141. So this is David. He says this, let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands is the evening sacrifice. Let's just keep that scripture verse up there so we can all see it. David is probably, this is probably one of his band on the run songs. He's, he's, he's in, he can't be in Jerusalem. He wants to be at God's house, the tabernacle, but he can't be there. And he's bummed out. And David loves going to church. He wants to go to church. That's where the ark is. Yeah, let's keep, just keep that up there. And <laughs> okay, it's like Yoda just holding something in the air. Um, so, so he's praying, and he's like, God, I want to be there. Um, and so what he begins to do is he begins to pray through the tabernacle furniture. So you remember the Ark of the Covenant, right? It's, it's like that golden box. And remember, you've seen that movie, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Do you remember at the end, they open the box up and it melts all the Nazis' faces off? Yeah. Creepiest thing ever, right? I didn't sleep for like a week. Okay. That box, it was God's presence on earth at a time. Then Jesus, Jesus took on flesh, second person of the Trinity, and he became the flesh ark. It's wild. But before that, before the incarnation of Christ, we got this box, okay? And God's like, this is my throne. This is my presence. Don't come near me. If you do, I'm, you're going to get zapped. And people are like, okay? You know, like, and so God had his green room, this little green room. There's like a veil across his green room. And people are like, stay out of God's green room. You know what I mean? Like only green M&Ms in there. And, and, and the Old Testament is, the Old Testament is all these rules. It's like green, only green M&Ms. If you bring a red M&M, you're dead. Do you know what I mean? Because God was trying to say, I'm a king. Just like the, you know how the other kings, they're like, oh, I only want green M&Ms? I'm the same way. So I'm like, I want you to honor me the way you honor other kings because I am the king of the universe. That was sort of the point of all the protocol. Like, hey, like carry the ark. Don't put me on, a, on like an ox, like, like, like in the back of a Ford F-150. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the way that you carry ki- other kings, I want to be carried, right? Those, you're hearing me because God's a king, right? Trying to get that message across. So. So in God's little green room, just outside of that veil, on the other side of that veil, there's this little table and there's this bowl of incense. And the priests were to keep incense burning perpetually right on the other side of that veil. And so God could, he's in his ark and he's like literally smelled the incense. He's like, ooh, that's lavender. I love lavender. It's beautiful, right? And it's everything in the, in the tabernacle, it's a prophetic imaging of what's happening in God's actual throne room. Yeah. And we see in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saints are the incense that come before the throne of God. So when you pray, God's like, I like that, right? And then he responds from heaven. So, so David's going, and he doesn't, he's, David is prophetically praying this and anticipating the access that we all have. But he's saying, God, I, I can't be at the tabernacle, but can my prayer be like the incense that's right? I'm not there with you, but when I pray, can I be like that incense that's right outside? And God's going, Yes, it is. I love that. 
And then he says this, and the lifting up of my hands. Like, God, I want to show you. I've read the Bible, and I know that there's these sacrifices that are required that please your heart. And I want to give you like a lamb or a bull or whatever it is. I don't understand why, but I want to give it to you. You know what I mean? I want to give you the avocado toast. But I can't because I'm out in the desert. I'm on the run for my life. But I want to show you that I'm in this relationship. And so he says, would the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice? The evening sacrifice that you've required that blesses your heart. And God's going, yes, I love hands. (laughs) David unlocks prophetically New Testament worship. And so now in the Old Testament, we have this precedent because of the psalmist that the New Testament church can go, you mean we we could do that and that would be like the evening sacrifice? Because imagine being the New Testament church, Jesus pieces, Holy Spirit comes down. They're like, now what? Like now, how do we worship Jesus? Like, am I going to kill Porky over here? They're like, well, definitely not. You're not supposed to eat bacon, number one, but well, you can now. Um, And then number two, yeah, uh, no, you're not, you don't need to do that. Just bring these bad boys when you come to church. You hearing me? Okay, so, so watch this. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. So the book of Hebrews is written to a bunch of Jewish Christians that are thinking about leaving Christianity. The reason why they're thinking about leaving Christianity is because when, you be, when you're a Jew and you became a Christian, it cost you big time. You were totally ostracized from your family. Nobody did business with you. You, So then you went broke. You're kicked out of the synagogue or the temple. So you had nobody. And now you're with all these like random Christians. You're like, okay, you know, I guess this is my new life being poor with these random strangers that I don't know about. Right? So it was tough for those Jewish Christians. This is why Paul had to go throughout the Mediterranean and take up offerings for these Jewish Christians that were so broke. Right? Um, Now, so in the book of Hebrews, he's dismantling all the arguments against leaving Jesus. He's saying, look, don't go back to Judaism. Jesus is better than Moses. He's better than the sacrifices. He's better than the, the Levites. His priesthood is better. Jesus is better, 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 better. And so finally he gets to Hebrews 13 and he's giving them some practical ways to worship because some of their detractors are saying, well, how do you even worship? Like, how do you, you don't even, you can't even bring a lamb. You can't even bring a turtle dove. Like, your, your religion sucks. And so the author of the book of Hebrews is going to copy and paste Psalm 141 verse 2 and drop it into Hebrews 13. He says, through Jesus then let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. So the Hebrew word for praise is yada. And the, the root word of yada is yad. And it just means hand. Right? So to yada just means like this. It means to wave the hand. You've probably heard Yada before, but in its English transliteration, which is Judah. Because the Germans took those, those Yas and made them J like that, because they like you know, hard consonants, whatever. They're into it. It is what it is. Um, like Jesus. His Hebrew name is Yeshua. But we call him Jesus because of the Germans. God bless you. Okay. So in the Hebrew mind, praise always involves these bad boys. Right? If you got a hand, can you just like hand me for a second? All right, now yada. Whoa, there it is. Well done. Okay. God likes, so now, uh, the, it's most likely the book of Hebrews, the early church father said the book of Hebrews was written in Hebrew as, as an encyclical to these Jewish Christians around the diaspora, around the Mediterranean, um, would have read a sacrifice. I mean, where does the sacrifice of praise come from? Where's the, where's the New Testament or the Old Testament precedent for it? It's literally Psalm 141. 
the lifting of my hands, my yod, as, as the sacrifice, right? So it's a sacrifice of yod. It's a sacrifice of yada to God. And they're going, whoa, that's insane that we can do that. That's right. We have Psalm 141 verse 2. Then, and, and, the, and that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So there's the prayers that go along with the lifting of the hands. And then verse 16, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now, let's pause the sermon and let's deal with that pesky word sacrifices. Because some of us are like, I'm allergic to the, that S word, the sacrifice word. I'm very, I'm literally breaking out in highs right now. Because I thought that we don't have to sacrifice because we're Christians. Jesus paid it all and we don't have to sacrifice. And par- that's partly true. So we don't have to sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus took all of the sin of the world in his body. Right? He took it all on the cross. He paid for your sins. Past, present, future. He paid for all of it. It's insane. So I don't sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. Once and for all, unrepeatable sacrifice. I sacrifice from the forgiveness of sin. Because I'm trying to show God, like I'm trying to show Jasmine, I'm in this thing, baby. You hearing me? So like, you're going to see the word sacrifice all through the New Testament. And partly because it's your job. Let's go to the next verse. Next verse. It's your job because you're a priest. Okay, so this is Peter, and he's writing to the church, and he says this, you yourselves, like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. So when God saved you, he made you like a spiritual brick. Okay? Stones is sort of a, 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 a it's tough to get our head around. Contextually, the idea is like a brick. You are a living brick. Have you ever seen a brick that's just like there, and it's just sad? And it's like, oh, hello, random brick. <laughs> right? It's always kind of sad when you see a random brick. You're just like, you have no friends. Right? <laughs> right? It's like, I'm going to snap this and submit it to the emotional club on Instagram. Like, you know, it's just, it's sad. They're just, they have, they should be with other bricks. Right? You, it, brick is literally designed to not be alone. A brick is literally designed to be in a house. And, and, and what I'm trying to say to you is that Peter is saying, hey, when you got saved, there's something corporate about your salvation. God made you a brick, and you are fulfilling a major calling on your life just by being in church tonight. Because you're a living, right? When you are at home, now listen, I like online church. I do, I do like, you know why I like online church? Because sometimes I can't be at church because I travel, right? And so, but I want to be connected to church. Or there's people that are in the military, and they got to go kill the bad guys, and they're like, well, one second, before I kill this bad guy, I need to get this work. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> hold on, I'm, I'm, up, I'm doing a drone strike, but I need to just zone in here for this, the pastor, right? It's like, do your thing, bro. Um, <laughs> some of you are like, I am disgusted. Like, no. <laughs> Whatever, right? Like, you can't come to church when you're in traction because you, you know, had a horrible accident skiing or whatever, right? Like, so church is supplemental, Online, right? Like online church is great for when you can't be there. But if you can be there and you're at home in your underwear on the couch on Sunday morning and you're eating Cheetos that are left over underneath the hot Cheetos, mind you, 
from the night before. Right? They're always hot. You're not a living stone. You're a rolling stone. No direction. How does it feel? Right? But when, but when you're at church and you're showered <laughs> and you have clothes on and, you, you, and there's been at least 12 hours between the last time you consumed a hot Cheeto and now, right, you're fulfilling a major, come on, you're fulfilling a, a major call in your life. Years of living stones. What's the purpose of a living stone? To be built up as a spiritual house. Now, now, now watch this. Once you're a spiritual house, it unlocks level two. Right, so that was just level one. This is like level one, unlocked. Ooh, oh, level two unlocked. Right? So now you have this new unlock. And the new unlock is to be a holy priesthood. So once you're the gathered church, you're the priestly church. See, when you come to church... You are not, this is what, this is the problem that's confusing so many people. What is confusing you is that everywhere outside of church, you're not a priest. You're a consumer. And that's okay. It's part, it's mostly okay. Because you know what? I like free market capitalism. I like voting with my dollars. If you open a cafe and your staff are rude and your, and your music is awful and your food sucks, I'm not going to go there. And I hope nobody else does. Right? And I hope that your business dies. Right? Right? Like, that's the beauty of free market. And then when you, but if you open up a cafe and your staff are friendly and your music is awesome and your food is, your food is delicious, I'm coming and I'm bringing all my friends. And I hope that your business thrives, baby. You hear me? It's beautiful. So we reward good service, good food, good things. It's brilliant. I love it. And so after, you know, let's say, for example, we go out somewhere and after we all go and we all go to Applebee's, okay, after this, and they are dying because they see us in the parking lot and they're like, oh God, right? Call everybody that's at home, get them here. And so then we light them up. I mean, we're ordering the appetizers, but the appetizers are coming in and they're angry at us for coming. And the appetizer, the, you know, the, the, the blooming onion is cold or whatever it is that you get. And then, and everything's dirty. We're going to get on our Yelp review. Right, you're gonna pull out Yelp, and you're gonna be like, you know, Cindy was mean, you know, music was lame, carpets were healthy, our 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 food came an hour late, zero stars. Right, you're gonna light them on fire, and you're never gonna go back there. The problem is when you begin to do that when you come to church. And this this is what's happening. This is what's happened to Christians because. You got this good idea, free market capitalism and, and being a consumer, but you, 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 you don't switch your roles at the door. And, and so you, you come in and you're, you're meant to be a priest. And you see priests, a priest, what does a priest do? A priest ministers to the Lord first. Like first job of a priest is to, the reason why you came to church was first and foremost to give God the avocado toast. Do you know what I mean? Like, you hear me? The first, God, I came, I brought your favorites, right? <laughs> right? And that's why we lift our hands. 
Because the Bible says, because it's something that, it's, a, it's, it's the evening sacrifice that pleases him and delights him. God, I brought my money. It represents my life. It represents my work, my sweat equity. It, it, it's precious to me, and I'm giving it to you because I love you. I want to show you that I'm in this thing, right? And so I come in, and I don't come empty-handed because I'm a priest, right? So I come, and I minister, primarily, I minister to the Lord, and a priest ministers to the Lord and ministers to others. The, the problem is, is that we're coming to church as consumers, and so you come in with your Yelp review, right? And you're just like, well, it's a little dark in there, so I'm taking away a star. Yeah. They didn't sing Good, Good Father tonight. Like, it's my favorite song, so one star, you know? So the music was a little loud. Uh, who is this freak? Where's Pastor Jonathan? Zero stars. <laughs> come on. Now, hey, we, we, we've all been there. We've all been there because it's hard to make that shift at times. But we have to make that shift because we're supposed to be a spiritual house. Unlock. To be a holy priesthood. Unlock. What does the priesthood unlock? What does the priesthood do? They offer spiritual sacrifices. Like the ones outlined in Hebrews, in Hebrews 13. Right? And what kind? What kind of spiritual sacrifices? Acceptable. Yeah, ones that God asked for. Well, I worship God like this. Does, does he care? I, I worship God in my heart. Did he ask for that or did he ask for something else? What, what has God asked for? See, that's the question that so many people that are spiritual aren't asking. What did she ask for? Did she ask for the farty farmer platter for breakfast? No, my wife does not want the farty farm platter. Right, dude, if I showed up with the the breakfast that I ate, that is in my face. My my wife sings this to me all the time. If you don't know me by now. All the time. When I'm in real trouble, she starts to sing like that. And I'm like, oh, God. She hates, she hates it. It's like, how, why, would you, why would you do that, right? Women always ask, why would you, why would you do that? <laughs> they have a point. Like, why, why would I do that? You know why I did that? Because I wasn't thinking. You know why I did that? Because I was thinking about myself. That's why I did that. Come on, some of us spiritualists need to admit that's been me. The way I've been worshiping God is, God, I have been thinking about myself. I've been selfish, and it's so stupid. It makes no sense. My worship has been so lame. Giving you lame things. You know, in the Old Testament, God would be like, don't give me lame animals. He had to say it. Because people would literally be like, well, I don't want that donkey. Maybe God will want it. God's like, why would I want that donkey? If you don't want it, why would I want it? It's hilarious. God, God literally, there's a, there's, a, there's a law in the Old Testament. It's hilarious because people would try to offer him junk. 
right? Why would I, if it means nothing to you, why would it mean something to me? I don't know, like Cain and Abel, you know, like Abel's like, here's the, my first, you know, lamb. God's like, wow, respect, dude. Like that costs you a lot. That's your first lamb. That's amazing. You know, Cain's like, here's a bruised banana I don't care about. God's like, why? You know what I mean? Like, why? What's wrong with you? You clearly don't want to be in this relationship. You're just, you're, you're just making it up at this point. So no, I'm rejecting your offering. And then Cain, <laughs> the, first, the first Christian deconstructor. Oh, you know, oh, it's not, it's not working. Oh, no. It's a bit mean-spirited, but you hear me. You hear my heart here. I'm being cheeky. Forgive me. No, we, we have to give God what he wants. Okay, next verse. Next verse. My heart is steadfast. We're almost, almost done. I'm definitely over time. I, I, don't even, I have no concept of time. My heart is steadfast, oh God, my heart is steadfast. This is David again. What do we know about David? He's like the Jimi Hendrix of the harp. Okay, when he would play the harp, demons would flee. All right, he'd be like, Saul's like, I am tormented. He's like, check this one, it's called Little Wing. You know what I mean? Saul's like, yeah. Feels good. I want to be like riding my donkey listening to this one. So David is like, and he's, we have his whole discography. His discography, it's the Psalms, right? Like he's a, he's a prolific writer and he was a music producer. He invented instruments. The guy was prolific. And we, we stumble on this verse. It's a pretty random verse, this song. And he says, my heart is steadfast, oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. So he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship God. And then he says, awake my glory. And it's so weird because usually the Bible talks about God's glory. But David, in this Bible verse, he's like, awake my glory. And he's literally like talking to his harp. He's like, right? He's like, he's got his harp. And he's, he's plugging it into his Marshall stack. You know, he turns the amp to 11. Right? And, and then he says, awake, O harp and lyre. So he, his glory was his ability to play. And so he's like, I'm going to wake the neighbors up, dude, with this. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, when I, what he's saying is, God, I'm going to worship you, but I'm going to worship you the best part of me. My glory. So you have a glory. All glory is from God, but you have glory. Right? God's given you some glory. And I'm going to talk about it in a second. So the Hebrew word for glory is kabod. And it literally means weight. It's kind of like the, like, it's, 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 the, it's the weight that you bring to a situation. Kind of like if we're at a party, let's we'll say we're at a pastor's party. He's going to throw a party next week. And he invites everybody. And you come in. And I'm like, who's, who's that dude? And he leans over. He's like, oh, that dude, man, he is the best mechanic in the whole world. He can fix anything. He restores cars. He's absolutely insane. He does muscle cars, da da, da 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 And he just starts talking about your glory. Right? Your, your kabod is the reason why somebody would text you and ask you for help. 
your kabod is the reason why somebody would call you and, hey, man, can you help me with this? Could you give me some pointers on this? Right? Like, it's your glory. It's your, it's your spark. It's, it's not just what you're good at. It's also you being present in a situation. Um, there's a, there's this, this, this hockey team in Canada called the Calgary Flames. And I went to a Calgary Flames um, uh, playoff game last year. And the coach's son has Down syndrome. And I think he's about my age. He's like 40 years old. And, he ha- and there's this, this part in the hockey game where they, like, uh, they, they have like a commercial break. And, and they, say it's the, it's, they say the kid's name. It's so-and-so time. And then the whole stadium goes nuts. And the video goes right on him. And then they play like crazy dance music. And he will dance for like five minutes straight. And everybody's going absolutely nuts. Now, this kid is a horrible dancer. (laughs) Literally the worst dancer I might have ever seen in my life. But it's glory. It's kabod. Like, you hear me? Like, he was so present, dude. He was so there. Like, he was going for it. And the, the, the place was electric. We were all cheering him on. Yeah, dude. And he's like, ah. It was unbelievable. It, like, it, it brought, and his glory brought glory out of everybody else. It was crazy. It's the craziest thing. Um, one of the ways that I love my wife is by listening to her psychotic dreams. So my wife always has a dream every night. And she used to tell them to me all the time, but I kind of was like, oh, my gosh, like, these are long. You know, like, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Like, but every now and then, I know she wants to tell me a dream. And so I will literally, I will literally go, okay, like, I'll find a spot. Maybe we're driving to the mall or wherever. And I'll be like, you know, so did you have a dream last night? I know she had a dream last night. And she'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, and I'll be like, okay, tell me about your dream. And so she'll be like, I, I was in, it was the craziest dream ever. And I was in Jurassic Park. And wow, Jurassic Park. Wow. Right. Like, wow. Like sh- saying the thing back to her, making eye contact, showing interest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have to learn this stuff, dude. Always say the last word back. You know what I mean? Like, park, park. Yeah. <laughs> Make eye contact, park. Collision, you know. Um, and then she, what happened next, dear, right? Show interest. Then she's, then I was being chased by a velociraptor. And velociraptors, there's a whole bunch of velociraptors that were chasing me. Velociraptors. Wow. And then, you know, she'll drone on. Um, <laughs> Nathan. Right? I'll be keeping us alive. Right? This dude is on my tail. I'm like, not liking that. So I'm watching it. I'm like, you know, is it the FBI? Have they been watching, like, my DMs? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I gave $50 to the Trump administration last year. Do they... Am I being... Am I being investigated? You know what I mean? Like, is that what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just do, I'm doing the guy thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, am I gonna have to 
oh, you know, like, what if this is embarrassing? Now everybody's going to know that I'm a Trump supporter. And this is bad. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and, and she, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll go on and she'll, you know, talking about the dinosaurs or whatever. And, and you know, and, and then I'll be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Jasmine will go every single time. Every, every single time. Jasmine will go, Nathan, where are you? God is like a woman. He, he, he knows when you're not there. <laughs> so like God wants, God wants Yod. We, we, you know, like we, well, why do we lift our hands? Because he likes hands. I don't know why, but it's in the Bible. And, and that's why we do it. So we, we come to church and it's part of our job. We're priests. And so we come to church and we, and we, you know, we used to sing this lame song. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house. Hey, of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise yee-haw, into the house. Hey, of the Lord. And we offer up to you. The sacrifices of thanksgiving. Okay, horrible song. (laughs) Great theology. Because we were singing about what we were doing. We were talking about our job, right? You hear me? And the the thing is, is, so we do that. We, we bring the sacrifice of praise. We come to the house of God. We prioritize it. And we give God Yod. But God wants Yod with Kabod. He, he, it's not just the hands. He wants your presentness. He wants your money. He wants your attention. He wants your service. He, want, it's, he wants the whole thing. Dude, when I got married, it was scary because I have a joint bank account with my wife. She's got access to everything. And it's scary. My credit cards, everything. Everything, dude, and she uses them. <laughs> Come on. Come on, babe, what was that $300 purchase online again? You know, we talked about this. You know, you're hearing me. Jazzy has access to all of my life, and sometimes there's a divorce in our worship where it's like, Here, here's the hands. Great song, Jesus. Catch you next Sunday. It's like, God's like, you're not even here, bro. You're not even here. So, 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 so okay, so then, then, what, then what happens next? What's, what happens if I mail it in? Oh, if you mail it in, yeah, you won't have a relationship. And not only that, you, you'll never experience God's glory. No, that, because glory begets glory. James chapter 4, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's how that works. There are so many Christians. You got your fire insurance, you're not going to hell. That's great. That's all, I'm excited, I'm glad for that. But you can experience the glory of God. But it's going to cost you. The glory of God is, you have to show up to that party. And it, well, I don't have any skills. Well, then dance. Yeah. It, you don't have any, great, then just, just dance hard. Like just, whatever it is, go hard in the paint. Whatever you have, just bring it. 
If you're a businessman and God's given you that glory, then you have to show up with that glory. Because you have to be responsible with the glory that God's given you. You have to worship with it. You hearing me? You can't, you can't, there can't be a divorce. If you have, if you're like a, a brilliant writer and you're articulate and I, and there's somebody here that's super discouraged and I give you pen and paper and you could encourage the hell out of them. You following me? You know what I mean? Like you could write them a letter and demons flee when you write prophetic encouragements to people. You hear me? But then in worship or in your time, there's nothing. God's like, bring it. How about me? Hello. Come on, you hearing me? When I, when I give Jasmine the avocado toast, right? And I'm, do you remember that first date, guys? Don't want to miss a thing. Because even when I dream of you. Right? They remember that. They remember. Right? So if, when I bring, Jazzy, I got your avocado toast, and I'm listening. I'm here. All of me. Right? When I, when I give Jasmine the, avocado, the, the yod and the kabod, I get Jasmine's glory. That's how it works. Now, I'll be the first to say, I am an imperfect priest. Where's the band at? I'm an, I'm an, imp, I'm an imperfect. Get up here. What are y'all doing? You're killing, you're killing me. Oh, there they, I thought they were in the back, like, playing cards or something. <laughs> just smoking cigars. It's like, I was just going to let that guy go. I'm an imperfect priest. I, I worship the way that I listen to my wife. Oh, wow. It's true, dude. Anybody else? It's like, man, I am ADD worshiper. Right? Like, we'll be, I'll, be, I'll be literally at church. You know, like, better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. I wonder if Miami's going to win. <laughs> right? Better is one day in your courts. I think the Powerball is up to 300 million. <laughs> Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Right? I'm so distracted, dude. Is it going to rain next week when I go on vacation, God? Right? I'm like, God, I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Right? And I have to, I have to repent. Babe, babe, I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm back. And Jazzy will be like, Okay. I mean, where, okay, wait, no, I had you at Velocir Gang of Velociraptors. And she's like, yeah, and then there was a Tyrannosaurus Rex that came out. Tyrannosaurus, really, right? <laughs> Come on, church, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for a pulse. Are you there? No, he's, he's kind and he's merciful and he's slow to anger. And he's like, he's like I know that you're super distracted. But like, hey, come, come back. Come back. Yeah. 
God, I've been distracted in my giving. Maybe part of the reason why I haven't been giving is because I don't know why I do it. I don't understand that glory thing. God, I need your glory in my life. There's this principle in the Old Testament. I'm done here. I promise. I'm a teacher. I have more. It's horrible. There's this principle in the Old Testament where every single time somebody builds an altar and they put what God asked for on it, every single time God shows up. Every single time. And this is the, the principle is this. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. That, that's exciting. See, that gets me really excited about church. What it means for me is that every time I come into church and I'm a priest and I've brought sacrifices and they're acceptable ones that God likes, fire is going to come onto the altar of my life. And I don't know about you, but I desperately need the fire of God in my life. Dude, I have a million problems and I need God. I do. I need God, man. I need him to show up in my life. I need him to show up in my marriage. I need him to show up in my ministry. I need him to show up in my finances. I need him to show up in my health. Man, I, I need God. I need him. I need fire. I want to encounter him. I want to, I want to know him. And this is the assurance that the Christian worshiper has that every time we bring an acceptable sacrifice every single time there's a divine response God I know you're showing up I don't know when you're showing up but I know that you're showing up I don't know where you're showing up but I know that you're showing up because I brought my hands and they're lifted to you and God I brought and I gave to you and, and God I'm available and I know that I'm not perfect but you're not looking for perfection you're looking for me to just begin to lean in with my life and so God that's what I'm doing God if that's you just, just stand up right now God I'm, I'm leaning in that the, the posture of my heart for the rest of my life, God, will be one that is imperfect but leaning in to you. God, whatever is in my hand, my time, my money. God, I've been imperfect. I've been distracted. God, I've been thinking that this life has been all about me. My hands are about me. My plans are about me. Everything is about me. And God, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you. And God, I'm sorry for the thing that I meant. Some of us need to repent tonight. Repentance means this. It means you change your mind. It's, it's it. So I am changing my mind. Because we've been consumers in God's house. And we haven't been priests. And some of your, the Holy Spirit is just stirring you up. The Holy Spirit stirring you up and saying, no, no, it's time to enter into your priesthood phase. It's time to unlock level two. God, we received the priesthood tonight. We received the priesthood tonight. God, we're not going to worship you in one form. We're going to be a church that worships you with everything that we have. With everything that we have, God. Everything that we have. Everything that we have, God. God, you can have it all. You can have access to every part of us. God, our money, our time. See, the Holy Spirit is, is highlighting right now. He's highlighting and he's circling and he's, he's, he's pointing out those places that you, you have to give him access to. 
But the trade is his presence. The trade is his glory. God, we want your fire in our life, your glory in our life. And so, Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you our strength. We give you our might. God, we give you our attention. We give you our highest flower, our spark. God, our interest. God, we give it to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.